0: You are listening to the In Context Podcast. Uh, welcome to uh, another edition of the In Context Podcast. Today we're going to be speaking about church partnerships. And with us we have uh, Graham Thompson again from Cleck Eaton and our special guest and WWE fan, Dan Green from Banstead Community Church uh, in Banstead. How are you doing, Dan? How are you doing, Graham?
1: Yeah, not bad. Thanks, Ian.
0: All right, bud. Good to be back. Good. And uh, tell us a little bit about WWE, Dan. Have you got any characters on your shelf?
1: Well, if you can see The Undertaker's there. Uh, Legion of Doom. I'm really a product of my childhood, late 80s, early 90s.
0: Yeah. that's. We should have really had Steve Walker on here this week because yeah. he's a massive fan as well. So, although he, he does get upset if you mention any acting in that book. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: brilliant yeah i think the last time i watched it uh was it rick mcmanus and hulk organ and th- back in the day yeah so you're a, a wwe fan you're uh was it crystal palace fan yeah yeah don't, don't,
1: don't, let's not talk about that at the moment
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you're a southerner yeah, yeah. and you, you, you're quite sensible by all accounts so what is a uh, is a uh, a WWE fan who supports Crystal Palace and a pastor of a church down south, down in partnership with uh, somebody who's as blunt and undiplomatic as me up in the north of England. How did that come about, Dan? I, I guess I guess really the, the, the story begins
1: with, with two things that happened in, in the life of the church. For, I guess, about 10 plus years, we've been having a trainee pastor program. We've been getting guys in with us for a couple of years, training them up and then sending them out to other places to to bless the wider church. And the Church of Banstead has been incredibly generous and in putting aside a fair amount of resources in order for that to happen. And so we've been doing that for a number of years. And we came to a point where we couldn't take on another trainee pastor. We've done four guys had come through the program and then we we just didn't have the resources to to do it so we decided we were going to take a year or two or however many years it would be until um, there was money resources to be able to take it up again and so that that sort of coming to a close gave a concern amongst the elders about being very insular and looking inwards and all our energy all our resources were going to Banstead, but we wanted to keep on blessing the, the wider church we wanted to have an interest in the gospel going out further afield than just our local community, and so that's sort all of started triggering off a conversation amongst us of, of where can we um, support. We didn't have a, a full-time mission overseas missionary that we were linked to. Most of our efforts to mission was was sending these guys out to other places, and so that got us looking: who who's, who could we be involved with? Who we, who could we support? Whether that be an individual. Or a church, but then sort of going alongside that, we also, through John Stevens, giving sort of his regular stats of where the gospel was going in the UK, and, and and making clear that there was an uneven spread of of both churches and and resources. Where the southeast, where we're based, was very blessed. We were made aware that obviously in the north and particularly amongst the sort of poorer urban estates, there was a greater gospel need and so one of the questions that came out from the church was is there anything we can do which i suppose at the time of answering of a question being asked i just didn't have a clue i sort of shrugged my shoulders and said yeah what can what can a small mid-sized church like ours do to 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 support this 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 work over over there so we're at sort of a, a loss but what it did do was get the church praying. for the the north, for the poorer communities, for some rural areas, seaside towns, where where the great gospel need in the country is. It sort of spontaneously happened at our weekly prayer meeting. So so those two things sort of came came to a head, really, when our last training pastor was finishing up and we knew we weren't going to take another one on. We sort of got to a stage where, well, is there someone who may be in these harder-to-reach areas Areas of gospel need that we could partner with and support in, in some way. And and I guess that's where um, it got to the sort of the moment of, well, yeah, that would be great. But where do we go?
0: Yeah, so that is a difficulty, isn't it? There must be a, a number of churches with a heart and a desire to, to help support churches in uh, hard to reach places who uh, may be struggling uh, financially. Uh, and with resources but the question is then how do you find these churches to support them especially if you're 250 miles south of where these churches are that need support And so what did you start doing to to, to look for a church uh what kind of difficulties did you did you uh face while trying to find a church to support
1: i guess the biggest question like you just said was where, where, where do you start and um, most of the, the contacts I had um, were other pastors of local churches in the area I was in, like London. Most of the pastor friends I knew were based in churches in London, which is just as far away from the the north as, as as Banstead is, being on the border of southwest London. So it was a case of right, where where do we start? There were people on Twitter that I followed who I was aware of were in northern churches. I, I was aware of Gospel Yorkshire and and. And and Graham, I was aware of Steve Neal because of his blog, and I was aware of you because you were basically winding up people on Twitter. So so so, so was, I had a few people that I was aware of, but I had no relationship with, and didn't have a, have a number for them. I probably could have got the, an email off off the, the website, but it was sort of a really wet, wet, I could have just sort of put a pin in in the map up north and see if anyone's there. We we just we didn't have any links. And to anyone up north or in one of these hard to, to reach in places outside the sort of London area. Like I knew of, of, of people who were in harder situations in London, but really we wanted to, to broaden out of, of London, go further afield. So, yeah, we're in a sort of a, a state of, we didn't really know what to do or where to go. We just had an idea that we'd li- this would be something that would like to happen. What changed, I think, would I'd say in the providence of God, um, you came to speak at a Hub Conference in January, Tim, two years ago. A Hub Conference is the FIC training um, conference for those who are looking to get into ministry or who are currently training. And I've been sort of involved in that for a number of years. And then you came and spoke and added, and seeing your name on, on the, the, the sort of ticket for, for the event, I said to the elders, well, We've, we've got no made no progress really in trying to find someone to, to partner with or a church to partner with. but here we go. There's a guy on on this conference who's from a sort of setting that that we're looking at. Um, shall I have a go shall I see if I can grab five minutes with him and see if they, that's a goer? see if you're interested.
0: Yeah, I I I remember that. And I remember my response to my wife after you came up to me and said, uh, Would I be interested in having a chat for five minutes? Because I was totally unaware that any church down south uh, would be interested in partnering with a church like ours. I thought Uh, really that people weren't interested in supporting our ministry. I'd been involved in uh, ministry since 2007. First of all, I set up a, a charity. Uh, a Christian charity, which main purpose was evangelistic because there was no churches on the council estates. I was going on to the council estates and uh, preaching the gospel. And this is where New Life Church was birthed out of a charity called 685. A lot of people said to me, What are you going to do if people get saved? What church will you send them to? I said, What bridge? Uh, That's a problem I'd love to have. I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. And after a couple of years, they had to cross that bridge. So we planted New Life Church. But I spent uh, my time was was spent between training, uh, running a small church plant, and traveling the country trying to raise really support. I'd put articles in in Christian press. Uh, I'd visit the churches to to speak and share, and people were keen to hear my testimony and talk about how I got saved. But they weren't really keen in supporting us financially. Uh, a lot of people would say, "I'll, I'll get in touch. We, we'd like to support you," and uh, and not diminishing prayer support, which is uh, essential, but that was pretty much all we got. Uh, and often, when I was at a conference or something like that, I'd meet with a middle-class Christian, and just out of embarrassment, they'd say like what you said, <laughs> "Oh, you'll have to tell me a bit more about your ministry. I'd like to support you," and then I'd never see them again or hear from them <laughs> again. So, so when you came up to me and said to me that you, you, you'd like to grab five minutes with me, I just said to my wife, "She said, are you going to arrange to have a coffee with him?" And I said no. I said he's just making small talk. Middle class people can't stand silence. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I thought you were just trying to fill in five minutes while you were stuck with me. <laughs> so I just dismissed you as soon as I met you. Unfortunately, yeah. So that was interesting. So, so how did you, uh, how did you find that first meeting? Considering I wasn't really forthcoming and or that interested in developing the conversation. <sighs> I, th- I think I, I think I
1: probably was trying to just get through the meeting without offending <laughs> you. Really, um, it's usually the other way around
2: when people talk me. to me. Sorry, it's usually the other way around when people <laughs> talk to me, and they try to get to the meeting without being offended.
1: Yeah, well, I, I think I, slight, I think I was slightly conscious, um, that Ian was almost coming into sort of my, my safe zone, like in like hub conference. The majority of of pastors and even attendees are from middle-class churches fundamentally like a lot of conservative evangelicalism is today and, and so sort of aware that um and yeah i did not not understand having an idea of how he even felt being at this, this conference whether he even wanted to be at the at conference or, or not um, it was more of a case of i was yeah trying not to, to upset you i was but also, at the same time, just trying to, trying to somehow get a, a relationship or some form of common ground where we could sort of explore further. Hmm. But I wasn't sort of expecting a huge amount. If I could get you to visit, well, that would have been a bonus on the initial, the initial meeting.
0: Well, that was the other thing I was gutted that you actually, I give you my details, and a couple of weeks later, you actually got in touch and invited me down to Banstead. And uh, several years ago, that invitation would have filled me with excitement. But when I got the email, I was like, oh, flipping heck. (laughs) I'm going to have to travel six hours there, spend the day with a load of people, waffle on and come back and then never hear from them again. Uh, When I asked Rachel to come with me, she didn't want to because other churches we'd been to in the past, she'd just been ignored. So the experience we'd had of visiting churches to develop partnerships was quite a negative one. The only churches that, had Been a blessing, really. Where we'd had one in Coventry because the pastor was kind of coming from a similar background to me, so he 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 was really encouraging and welcoming. There was obviously Mez up in Scotland. There was a similar character to me, and there was a guy called Duncan in in London as well, a working class guy who uh, made us feel different. But every other church we'd gone to, we just felt like outsiders, and yeah, it just really felt unwelcome. Un- and again, <laughs> understanding now that they probably felt that like we were really rude as well because culturally we're, we we give off vibes without knowing it, don't we? So when I first had that invitation, my wife didn't want to travel with me. My daughter didn't want to travel with me. I didn't particularly want to go. Is so that, is that we,
1: why you sweetened them by taking them to Legoland first?
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Honestly, the only reason they came with me because I took them to Legoland for two days before. I... <laughs> but when we got there, we were, we, were, we were blown apart. I think first of all, Spending time with you and Kate and and uh, the boys, and I think uh, th- what what swung it for me was uh, Wesley saying, "What's that spot on your face?" to Rachel after about thirty seconds, <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh, I, "I love this family. I feel a part of this family already." <laughs> so yeah, I think Wes swung the deal for us.
1: Interrupt. Just to, 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 like from Rachel's point of view and and Esther, mm. just how, how did they feel? coming into our home obviously you, you you pulled up before you came around for an hour or so before you joined our prayer meeting yeah just what was their perception of of it
0: well the perception of of banstead initially was like flipping heck we don't fit in around here for starters and then outside the house as well it was yeah we i think they were a bit worried rachel was like esther don't be kicking off in here <laughs> don't be showing us up uh because Esther's a bit like me. If she doesn't like something, she doesn't keep it to herself. Uh, and Rachel was, was quite nervous, wondering how she'd be judged. Uh, I think Rachel's mixed, because some of the time she's like devastated, worrying about what am I going to say. First of all, she's hoping I'm not going to say anything to embarrass her. But on the other side as well, she's, she's concerned and fearful that we're going to get hurt. So I think a lot of responses to us have been quite, quite hurtful in the past. So she was mixed with not wanting me to make the kick off and, sh- and sh- show her up without somebody else saying something that would be offensive and, and put her husband down. So, yeah, so she wasn't really looking forward to it at all. Uh, yeah, just that to promise her an eternity ring. So she
2: <laughs> How did, how did you feel, though, Dan? Because like, I guess if the church had been looking for this kind of, uh looking to to partner with a a, a a church from a different background, different culture, everything like that. And then um was there anything about you thinking uh oh Ian's gonna turn up and uh, he's gonna say something particularly Ian like and the the, the all this partnership thing's are gonna go down the toilet. Was it was there those kind of things as you started off or was it
1: I I, I think it there's there was a lot of unknown. Like I think for for i think one maybe what had helped uh, the the situation in terms of sort of in one, bridging a gap was um, recently we had a, a guy um, join us and wonderfully saved him um, through um the ministry of like my co-worker at Banstead who who was who wasn't a typical um, middle class family individual who lived in Banstead had come into the church and the church had grown to love him and 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 got used to to someone who wasn't immediately like them and so i think because of that it wasn't like as sort of a sort of chalk and cheese as it could as it could have been and so ian, ian came came in we gave him a, a free range for a prayer meeting just to share about new life and yeah maybe it's testimony to just the, the folk in the church i think they were just fascinated by it they they, they i think it was a heart in um, for um, the finding out more i think Ian's story was compelling to to them i think my, the difficulty then comes is it's about a partnership becoming was it going to become Ian an ian-centered partnership or whether it be a church-centered yeah. partnership and, and i think that that was probably in the back of my mind was are we looking to partner with an individual or actually do we want to do something slightly harder and actually partner with a church but the benefits of partnering with a church is that it goes on past the individual's lifetime at that church, and so I, I think after a first meeting, I, I I couldn't really tell which way it was going to go. I think the people um, liked in. I think they a lot of them got got an opportunity to speak to to Rachel and to Esther, which was which was great. So they got to know them as a family, but yeah it was hard to tell what would what would come of it from that sort of initial Thursday prayer meeting that they came along to
2: so how did you guys work to do that then because obviously like partnering with an individual it's good isn't it you know we want we want partnerships where people say we want to support a planter or a pastor or you know a missionary or whatever and bung a bit of money in that but how how did you you're right down developing a, a partnership between two churches is much more difficult isn't it so how did you guys work to
1: do that? I, I guess, myself and Ian had, I had a conversation quite early on in talking about partnership and what we understood by partnership. Like I was, I was fairly upfront up and honest and said, look, we've never done anything like this before. And we're trying to, put, basically, we're basically making it up as we go along in, in the sense that we have, no, we have no idea what we are to do. We've got no model. That we can that we can copy, it doesn't seem to fit with some of the other partnerships that we we've seen in our area, like Commission, where where it's very much because they're all local, they can do a lot of stuff together, yeah. and and they can have central hubs. And this is from a church in the south southeast to a church in the northeast. Is there's a lot of barriers, and the biggest barrier is actually just the distance initially. So I think what we we are fairly Honest from the start, saying look, we haven't a clue really what your setting is like, what your context is like. We we don't understand like we understand Banstead, but we don't understand Middlesbrough. In fact, I think very few people in the church had actually ever been to to Middlesbrough. So that's that's that's, that's one thing. We, we're not we're not based on an estate. We're based in a in a sort of approaching rural village. And we're sort of somewhere between a rural village and a town. We're, we're, we're that's that's very different to to what what Ian's and New Life are, are ministering on. So I think we are quite clear from the start of we're not going to be able to tell you what to do in in because actually we don't know the people, we don't know the, the context. So so we're going to be no help there. But it but is there a way in which we can together bring our churches? As closely aligned as, as is possible with with all the obstacles, and I guess it, I guess the first point was was we, I think we agreed was just taking an interest in one another's church. I think that was, that was really the first thing we did, and then and praying for one another, and, and that's that's all it was initially. From after the prayer meeting, Ian Ben came to to preach, and that's really where we left it after our first first um. Visit to the church on a Sunday was: we'll carry on taking an interest in you as a church, and we'll regularly pray for you. And that was our initial commitment in terms of a partnership.
2: now did how did the uh, folks at New Life react? Is it we want a partnership with the church, and they're not going to give us any money? It's like, oh well, what's
0: the point of that? <laughs> well, we we didn't even discuss that. So I am con- I was constantly travelling, so the mm. church I, I was often away traveling to different churches and and speaking here, there, and everywhere. So I think they had lost count who I was speaking to and what I was speaking to them about. So they just let me get on with it. But I think initially, going back to Rachel and Esther, that was the first time we'd been to a church outside of my friend's church, uh, meshes up in Scotland and uh, down in Coventry that we Being welcomed as friends, really, they were genuinely interested in in Rachel and in Esther. And I wasn't, like you say, the the centre of attention. It wasn't about supporting Ian uh, or my testimony or or, or my ministry. It was about we're genuinely interested in, in your church and in your town, which is what I want people to be interested in, the town and the need for Middlesbrough, not just New Life Church. So that was the first thing. So Rachel went back. I think she went back more excited. Then she had done from most other churches. So Rachel's excitement went on uh, within the church. She shared what lovely people were, how nice Stan and Kate were, and the people who she'd been chatting with. Uh, yeah, Esther was buzzing. She was looking forward to go back, probably because we'd go to Legoland again. But <laughs> 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 So so that started it. But again, I think there was... Didn't we have visitors pretty quick? It wasn't long. I think we, we kind of... Somebody from one church or another was at our church, or at your church, every month, just from yeah, the so, start. So, so,
1: so you came, you came down in June, yeah, for to preach for at, at our services. I think we then had, we then had a church meeting later that month, so in June, and at that meeting, I basically said to the church, as an elder, we think it would be good to actively pursue mm. a partnership with New Life Church it wasn't didn't really come as a big surprise to the church. I think when Ian came the second time and shared about the work they they the members knew where where he was heading. They were already on board with the idea of it can't all be about banstead we need to to look look out I think they had got i think they got to know Ian and rachel and and were and enjoyed enjoyed what they heard and getting to know them so there was already sort of some formation of a relationship had come about. So when I got up at a church meeting and said, look, we're actively pursuing it, it was almost like the church was going, well, about time, Hmm. because vows were very very expecting. At at that meeting, I I said, we're going to carry on being interested in the church. We're going to carry on um, praying for the church. We're going to make that a a regular part of our our, um, prayer meetings, praying for what's going on at New Life. But then I said, there's some other ways I think we can um, support and, and develop this partnership. In, in at some point we're gonna there'll be a financial element, but at that stage we we, we weren't in a position to make any decisions on on that as of yet. But I said the other thing is is actually let's take our interest uh, to to a new level. Some of you are gonna go on holiday. If you're going on holiday up to up north somewhere to Yorkshire Dales or on the Yorkshire Moors or, or that part of the world. Well, why don't you go to church? That new life. If you're within two hours of where the church meets, just get up, get up early, and and drive. Eight. They have their service at half eleven, so you don't even have to get up that early. <laughs> so, so, so I so I started encouraging people if they're up in that direction on a Sunday to actually choose new life as a as a church to go and visit on holiday. And my coworker in one of his sermons basically encouraged people to not go on holiday in Cornwall. About to go on holiday up in up in the northeast area in order to do, to do that and as i was as i was um talking about that in the church meeting there was a couple in the church who had actually got their phone out and had typed in the the post um, code for new life middlesbrough to work out how far it was from where they were going on holiday and that, that was the next month they were with you in july so end of july i think a month after this sort of church meeting where we said we we're going to pursue this. There was someone from the church at New Life. I think later in August, then um, Shell was down. I think it was. I think then in September, it literally was a month after month. There was either someone coming from New Life down to Banstead, or someone from Banstead, either purposely choosing to go on holiday up there so they could visit the church, or was was up there for some other reason. But so I've, I me, myself and Kate have been up. I think three times to to that that sort of bad area like at, at some point we um we've got other people in the, in the church who've who've gone to to visit people I think like, was it last Christmas there was a couple from our church who yeah. were up and saying at Saltburn and you they they came over and saw you on Christmas Day they saw the ma- the magnificent heart at <laughs> your service
0: yeah <laughs> yeah we've we've been bragging about uh, church in hard places and that we don't have uh, we have to use iTunes music. We well, I sing worship because we didn't have a worship band, and then they turned up, and we've got some woman playing a massive harp. So <laughs> <laughs> our image of being like bog standard was was smashed. But yeah, uh, no, it was great to have them. It was nice to have them on Christmas Day as well, and then we went and spent time with them uh, after the service. Went to, to spend the evening with them in the flat in Saltburn where they were staying. So yeah, we. we we as members—it's not just the church leadership who are building relationships, but it's also the church members and the stay in touch. And uh, I think last time I was up was <laughs> probably when COVID kicked off, and I think we either turned up in Banstead with COVID or left with it. But uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was the last time we were there. And, uh, and that was
1: just that was just back off the back of them. Um of Hannah and Shell helping with our holiday club, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, they'd yeah they been down to help out with the holiday club. And then we came down uh, again to spend some time there. And we were planning to be going backwards and forth again this year, obviously, until COVID. And that could have had a kind of uh, put the brakes on a little bit with our partnership. But I think COVID has helped our churches grow closer together, especially with having the online... Uh, prayer meetings so we, we've been as a church meeting once a month for prayer meetings yeah. and some of our staff have been joining weekly for you know, weekly prayer meetings and and I've been on sabbatical for three months as well so it's been good for me not to be around uh, to see that this partnership continues without me there whereas uh, Dan's been helping Nathan, Nathan was looking after the place while I was on sabbatical so Dan was meeting with Nathan weekly and, and supporting him uh, once a week yeah, so a lot greater than financial. It's been uh, really relational amongst the leadership. Me and Dan and uh, Rachel and Kate have become good friends. So I think we, our, whether I stay in Middlesbrough or Dan stays in Banstead, our our relationship as friends will continue, but also the relationship between New Life Church and Banstead hopefully will continue regardless of who's the pastor.
1: And I, and I think that that is the case is, People from the churches have actually got to know one one another mm-hmm. in, in in the ch- in the church. So it's not just about pastor to pastor level. It is um, a different member of staff um, to to members of the church, members of the church to other members of the church. And I know that some some of the people have been either texting or WhatsApping one another. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a real um, concern, for, and and I think love for one another that's, that's grown. I think this COVID crisis has been brilliant actually for cementing and and, and strengthening the partnership to, have, to be able to do a combined prayer meeting a couple of weeks into lockdown it was great and to continue that on every month has been brilliant having nathan and shell join in with weekly prayer meetings has been been great because also if people see him regularly as well so new life is very much part of the, the circle of of interest for, for bands so it's, it'd be unusual for a prayer meeting to go by or a week to go by where something to do with new life isn't prayed for mm. even if it's just in passing because they're on the, they're on, on the radar all the time
0: yeah and and, and again not diminishing financially yeah. but but the support financially has has been unbelievable as well so uh, although the greatest long term benefit is the, the relational side of things. Short term, we've had a full time women's worker paid for through the generosity of Banstead Community Church as well. Somebody who we'd have had to have let go who would trade with us for a couple of years and we found funding for her for a year or two. And then uh, unfortunately, we couldn't find funding to keep on. But Banstead came along and said, What is your greatest need financially? And they very generously covered the full salary costs. Uh, for over a year now, for one of our female gospel workers.
2: So, it, it's interesting because, like you said, Dan, like the, you, you almost from your description, you didn't need to sell this to the members. It was like they they were just up for it. And I guess a, a lot of maybe even I'm going to say a lot of pastors watching this, or one of them, um, but uh, might might be saying, "Well, I'd love that." But did you what 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 did you do anything to kind of build this desire for the church to to um, to partner with churches? Obviously, just something that the Lord did, kind of with you doing nothing. I mean, you explained about the the, the training pastor not being able to do that or anything, but I think a lot of pastors are be saying, "I'd love it if my church were this this excited about partnering with a church in a place we've never really heard of."
1: I, I guess probably it's, it's, it's both. I, I, I think we want to acknowledge that the Lord has been at work in in mm. this situation in, in qu- quite a marvellous way. I, one of the things we, when, when Kate and I get together with Ian and Rachel, we we often tell parts of the story again, as 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 you might your favourite when you went on holiday with your your mates to mm-hmm. some and um, so it was a great time. We you, yeah. you, you, you tell the story, and I think I, I I look at it on rehearsing the Lord's goodness in. In, the, in this partnership, and one said you can't do it enough. Like any opportunity to tell the story is, you, you want it, you want to do do it because God has done a marvelous thing, and and He deserves um, all the praise for it. I don't think either myself or Ian would have been able to imagine that in the space of two years, what what has come about has come come about. I think I think we've got to say that the Lord has done done this. But it, in terms of the church being up for it. I guess probably that started several years before even we'd even thought about the option of a partnership. So when we even had previous trainee pastors were still in the midst of their their serving with us and being trained by us, I think it was already start things were in place. So I think I was probably talking about the gospel need in the country fairly regularly. So I'd look for opportunities to. Share the different stats and um, whether it be in a naturally in a sermon or or at a prayer meeting just to be able to to make it keep in the mind of, of the members look we are very blessed in the area of the country we're in, but that is an affair the same in every other part of the country. There are lots of other places where you there's not as many um just like there's about a hundred good um gospel churches of a variety of different sizes, probably within. Five ten miles of Banstead, like it's, it's it's ridiculous. Like there's FIC churches everywhere in in the area I'm in. That's not the case at other places. So I was constantly communicating, communicating that to to others, trying to trying to talk about how we're on the same team. With like these other churches that are faithful are not the enemy. They're not they're not rivals. It's not us v we, them. We're not competing against them to see who can be the biggest and the best. We're working together on the same mission, the same cause, and if the Lord chooses to to bless another church and not us, well, we want to praise him for for that. It is, he knows what he's doing, and, and he knows how, how he wants to use different churches at different times. I think I was struck by some of the stuff Nine Marks do, have come out Nine Marks, how they constantly pray for other churches, other local churches, and so looking to looking to do that and just to just to try and help people see the relationship between one local church and and the rest of the local churches in this country in the world i think it's just helpful to to try and get in the dna of of, of church and church life so so i think those those things were were being already embedded prior to this so i think probably the leap wasn't as big Because the church was already aware that there was gospel need in the rest of the country, and working with other local churches shouldn't be—it's not them and us; it's us together. And so, I think probably those two were already sown into into the ground. I think we were trying to—I think praying for other parts of the country, places of gospel need, sort of happened organically, spontaneously, but then. Because the leaders picked up that, that was happening, they then actively um put that is as, as a regular thing to pray for as as well. So so I think it was, it's it's a bit of a bit of both and sharing with the members, seeing where the Lord moves the members, and then sort of going with with that as well, sort of laid the groundwork for when it came to the time when we said, look, we need to develop a partnership. I think the church was was already ready so we're, we're probably talking a couple of years before even i met ian about the, the seeds and the groundwork was being laid
0: do um, you think sorry i was just going to say do you think that the cultural differences are probably greater amongst the leadership of the churches than or, or makes it the barriers are greater between the working class and middle class leaders of churches, rather than the congregations, because what I found is our church members seem to have uh, got on a lot better and a lot easier than than we did to start with. There just seemed to be a natural integration, whereas I think there's barriers amongst leaders probably more than the there is uh, membership. Would you agree that with that, or I, I suppose I suppose it was the
1: members sort of came at a at, at a different point. So I think probably the initial sort of sparring between me and you, the sort of just thinking about seeing how um, how we react to one another, we'd, we'd sort of done that so that by the time the members got involved, the initial hurdle had already been overcome because we had dealt with that. I think if you're trying to do it probably with that initial bringing together leaders and members at the same time, it may have looked differently yeah. But I think probably because the members trusted us, and we had already overcome that that, that barrier, we mm. made it, it, it. We sort of removed an obstacle that may have been there otherwise.
2: Mm. I guess. I guess a question a lot of people, churches like yourselves, Dan, uh, are asking when they're looking at partnerships with churches in, you know, other parts of the country or, or hard places or whatever. I guess pastors and that elders are, are aware of, of of people in the church kind of saying, "Well, what's in it for us?" You know, it, it's kind of not not in a cynical way or anything, but um, you know, obviously we want to want to help churches. But what w- what benefits does a, a larger church get helping a, a small church in a in a hard place or a forgotten place or whatever? What? Yeah, because obviously you've seen great benefits. What are some of those? Uh, benefits you've seen in in partnering with with new life
1: I, th- I think it's probably as a, a the ben- one benefit will be true of supporting any organization mission individual church that's not in your precise location we're, c- we're called to make disciples of all nations realistically the only way that a church can be involved in in that that pro the all nation side of of the, the discipleship is either by praying, by by sending our own folk, by um, giving money, which are which are always a sort of free that every mission speaker trots off as this is either we want you to pray, and is there someone who can go or can you give us some money? But I think actually this is a fourth way of doing it. Actually saying by supporting or link partnering with what this this another church is doing in essence we are we are involved in that um, disciple making um, mission, so Banstead is involved in making disciples in Middlesbrough yeah. because we are linked to a church partnering with a church who is making disciples in middlesbrough, and so there's an obedience issue right from the start. We're called to make disciples of all nations primarily that begin for us in Banstead, but we we want it to be have some involvement further away like we we're going to be limited in how much. Of the nations or even the country we can be involved in but here's just a, a small way of of doing it in the same way being part for us being part of fic means we we can say we're we're involved in trying to reach the whole of the uk because we're one of 600 and something churches who are scattered around in different places so i think initial benefit is to say we're now we've been caught up in in the wider purposes of what the lord jesus is is doing in the uk he's making disciples of he's building his church not just in banstead but in other locations and we get to be involved in that and actually see and get a front row of what he's doing in another part of the country like we've got the awesome privilege of of hearing quickly about any encouragement any any change any progress of of what the lord's doing in middlesbrough through this this partnership and it's just greatly encouraging and exciting like we, I think probably what's also happened is when ministry may be going slower in Banstead, it seems to be accelerated in Middlesbrough, and so so it stops you even getting the sort of oh, sort of going down a pity party of, of of how your church is happening because you're seeing the excitement of what what else is happening in another part. But if they're struggling and they can see in what's happening with us, it's, again it goes both it's, it's going both ways all, all the time. I think it's good to. To know brothers and sisters who aren't necessarily like you, to, to hear about how ministry is different—not necessarily harder, but different—to to your setting, I think probably challenge of, of some of the ideas that they might do in Middlesbrough. We may look and think that'll never work in Banstead, and, and right, it may never work in Banstead, but it's, it's wonderful to say, see it working in Middlesbrough, and it reminds us that the Lord uses different instruments and. And different means for for his glory to to save and to build up his his people. So so I think there's, there's some initial ones where saying yeah we, we we're not we're, we're not getting money from New Life Middlesbrough. We 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 haven't gone into a partnership to to get money from them. But we get we're being prayed for, which is is wonderful to know. I don't think him, any church leader will ever complain about another church or another church leader or another Christian praying for their work. I think we're, we're aware of our weakness and our, and our need for the Lord to be at work. And sometimes we need to, to be strengthened by the prayers of those outside. We've we benefited from Shell and Hannah coming to help with our holiday Bible club. Like, that was just great to have those two getting stuck stuck in, working side by side with them. we benefited from Ian coming to preach for us. And like during lockdown, when I needed a, a week off, and on a Sunday, Ian both Ian and Nathan sent videos down, so that they could could preach for for us while, just to give me a bit of time time off. I think there has been lots of benefits. at prayer meetings. It's not just me who sort of led the, the the introductory word at the start. Ian's done it. Nathan's done it. So so both of us, both churches are benefiting from from different voices. And Ian preaches differently to to how I do, and and that's that's great, and and it's good for the church to be exposed to different kinds of of, of preaching. Not saying one's better than the other; the saying the Lord uses um, different people and the different gifts and the different personalities they've got to bless His people.
0: Yeah. It's also been good, I think, uh, for you to understand where I've been coming from, where. You were put in a situation where you probably felt for the first time in a church setting how I felt a lot of my time when you came and visited us for that week away in Medhurst. How did you find that when you first stand up? Yeah, yeah. So, so Kate and
1: I and the kids came on your Medhurst week, and and the first night I think it was you you going around talking to all the different pastors there, talking about um, the situations they're in. Like, and me and Kate just sat there increasingly feeling more uncomfortable <laughs> feeling like we're absolute frauds being <laughs> present at this this week because it came down to you and i was saying yeah we're not a a, a really small small church we've got a, enough people in the church to 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 comfortably do ministry week on week if someone's if it's if a number of people are missing from church the place doesn't feel empty or we can't do stuff we, we we financially we were in a good position and resource wise we had I think yeah with two members of staff and so we weren't we weren't on our on our own and we just all sort of sat down and, and we're just feeling more and more uncomfortable. We're thinking, why why are we here? Like we're, <laughs> everyone around us must just hate us and hate our situation.
0: <laughs> yeah. But fortunately, that wasn't the case. No. Yeah. yeah, and and you've learned a lot as well, haven't you? I think you've learned about statistics in brazil as well haven't you when we were at the fic leaders conference well i think i think that's been that's been one one
1: of the, one of the benefits of his partnership is we've all almost been introduced to our own worlds. Yeah. so through you i've i've got to 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 know the other guys at medhurst yeah. and their churches so that when we came to like the FIC leaders conference, like you bump into bumped into Graham and just sat down and carried on having a chat with him. Like that wouldn't have happened had we not been on that Medhurst week. Same with Matt Oliver. Like those we didn't know each other prior to to that Med Medhurst week. So there's a there's been a benefit there. Obviously, I've got to to, to know I met Mez and I met Sam who who, who works with been working alongside him so just just with with, with that it's sort of opened up and to meet myself to people that i would have never necessarily come into contact with and in the same same way and um, maybe you being us having his partnership has given you opportunities or invites to other um, local churches in the in the south in our middle class that may not have um wanted to take a punt on you
0: <laughs> <laughs> definitely no that has that has been a big uh a big shift i think i think in the fiec especially in england we are probably the first churches to do what we've done and i'm hoping that the example that we've set hopefully will encourage other churches to partner uh across cultures uh across between the north and south and and, and get people to maybe take a risk, uh, a calculated risk, obviously not just punting on anything, but uh, building relationships in a similar way that we did and seeing that the benefits come both ways. It's not just the giving church uh, and the receiving church, but both churches are giving something and receiving something. It might be different what they give, but both churches are giving, aren't they? So, Graham, uh, have you got any more thoughts or questions?
2: Uh, I guess I uh, not not particularly. I mean, obviously, my big question to the world is: uh, uh, Can we have someone like Dan, please? Uh, <laughs> if you're out there, um, I guess. I guess my only other question for you is for you, Ian, is is just kind of like what if if you said here are the three things we want from like, or we've got from Banstead that, that a, a smaller church would want? Mm. What, what, what kind of, what, what would those things be if you're saying this is what, this is what we want from a partnership? Mm. What are, what are the kind of things that, that you would be saying to people who are maybe looking to partner with, with churches like ours?
0: Yeah, I think, I think first and foremost, it is uh, relationships between the, the leadership and the, and the members, uh, meeting regularly i think now churches are so used to doing things on zoom that any church now could meet regularly once a month and that's something that we're planning on continuing past lockdown and covid is to continue meeting online regularly uh so visiting one another the encouragement we have just to have a new face in the congregation when sometimes on a sunday you've just got eight faces and then a family uh a husband and wife and the two kids turns up it makes a huge difference uh, especially for the people who are preaching uh, just to see other faces but not just for the for the preacher but also for the other members uh, so can show hospi- hospitality to to these people uh, and then again on the other on the other side to go and visit other churches and see uh, church in a different culture and, and context and uh, yeah i think what we want is our people to see beyond middlesbrough in the way that dan wants to see beyond banstead uh, we want to fulfill our mandate as well to make disciples of all people and if we can help uh, make disciples in Banstead then that's awesome uh, that's something we want to be able to do we want to be tret uh, as partners uh, I, 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 yeah, Tom said earlier that I have an analogy that I use all the time I'll probably be using it for another 30 years but I, I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago my, my dad used to send a cheque I never saw him but he'd send a cheque every Christmas and I'd spend that money and it was useful but it, he was never a father uh, I think churches need money but money produces short-term fruit Uh, relationships produce long-term fruit so we need the temporary support but we also need the long-term support and the long-term support i think is what gets us through the dark parts when i know that dan's there as a friend praying for me and uh, the members of banstead are there praying for us as a church that helps me at the phone, Dan, when I feel like packing in. When I've had enough, I'll speak to Dan and he, he'll come at a different angle. He'll listen to me, he'll show empathy, but he'll also give me insight from, like, get your head from out there. <laughs> look above the clouds and see what God is doing. So that that support, that personal support as well is, is invaluable because isolation is the biggest, I think for any pastor feels isolated, but in the type of ministry we're doing where there's not another church around for, 10, 15, 20 miles, it's, it's exasperated. Uh, so, yeah, so that relational side. Financial is good, uh, but that, I see that as temporary, Uh the, the long-term thing is relational. So I think hopefully that's answered your question there. Uh, anything else that comes will come out of that relationship. I think if you've got that relationship, then the financial side will come when the churches can afford it. The prayer will come, the support will come. But first of all, you've got to build that relationship wanting to serve one another and remembering that we are in the same business that that is to glorify god and to uh, make disciples
1: i think just just to add to it from from my my perspective i think as two two key things i think were really really helpful in, in forming this partner partnership was one even though there was an initial reluctance the key thing was Ian actually and Rachel and the church were keen to mm-hmm. to pursue this partnership. In in the past at Bernstein, we've, we've tried to do some form of partnership with another church, and the biggest problem of it was it was all one way. We were trying to instigate something. We got no real interest in return apart from, yeah, we'd like some, some money from you. And that's not a partnership. That's Basically, you just want some some money off a, a church you've received to be very wealthy and, and have l- loads of cash spare, which actually Banstead doesn't. But actually, that's, that's, not, that's not what we're, we're looking at. And, but that's, and that's no real difference to all these mission organisations that send yeah. through their magazines with their donation slips each, each month. But they're not interested in a relationship with you. They just want you your support. And that, that is fine. And there's times when churches, that's all they can do. Because it requires a lot of emotional energy to to have more than just a, a contributing some finances type relationship, and there's there's mission organisations that we support but don't have a relationship with. We we think it, they're doing a good work, and we just want to give some financial support to it while we can when we can. So I think I think it's having an interest of from both sides. So when we actually like Ian really made it. Me feel like yes, I'm really up for this. I really want there to be this partnership between the two churches. There was a, there was a real effort from both sides to 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 meet to, together. So I think that was that was really helpful from 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 my perspective. And I think the other thing was Ian never came at it from asking for money from day one. Like that, that really he didn't money didn't even come in till probably six months after the initial conversation we, we had, but I, I, I said, they weren't naive enough to, to think that we could have this partnership and, and never ever give any sup- financial support because that's just ridiculous. But it, it, we never felt they were just coming with asking for money and money and was it. And also we were able to, to talk with them honestly and say, look, what we can support now may not be what we can support in a year's time. It may be that our support for the churches goes up and down depending on circumstances. And I think particularly at at this very moment in time, that just could be the reality for most churches. I think COVID crisis is going to hit finances of a lot of churches. And there'll be some who may want to be able to give, but just have taken such a hit in the last nine months that they just can't. But that doesn't mean in nine months' time or in two years' time they can they aren't able to and, and i think. but if you've got that relationship that can keep going throughout that period until maybe an opportunity does for the for a church to be able to commit finances in a way that they'd like to
2: i guess my final question then Ian, is um say someone's watching this and they're thinking we'd love to partner with the Maddox ministries church what well, what do they do
0: yeah well First of all, they getting touched by logging on to www.medhurstministries.com. Then there'll be contact details of the churches on there. You can contact the churches individually, or you can contact Medhurst Ministries and arrange to come along to our first ever vision trip, which will be happen, happening, God willing, in October 2021, where we'll have a weekender where there will be talks from each of the different churches involved we will be sharing about our ministry and, and and preaching the gospel and then we will have the opportunity to visit each church that's involved where you can spend a few hours with each planter and pastor and see the work that they're doing firsthand. Uh, meet some of the members and if you like after that can then support the ministry or if you want to do that you can just get in touch and come and visit if you're in the same tier as us <laughs> 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 yeah, you, you can cover. Out out. But uh, yeah, just get in touch. Get in touch. Investigate. Uh, speak with us. Speak to the pastors. And or if you're a smaller church who wants to get involved with Meadows Ministries, uh, then get in touch and see how we might be able to help you. Uh, what we want to do is we want to see uh, the churches in the north of England and particularly reach for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to support existing churches and plant new churches. Brilliant. It's been great chatting with you, Dan. Thanks for your time. Thanks for your time, Graeme. And hopefully we will have Dan back on in the future because he, he he does more than talk about partnerships. He's got a great blog as well, blog of Dan. Uh, it'll be good to talk about culture and class and, and the differences in the future as well. But until then, God bless. Have a great new year. I'll stop recording now. <laughs>